0: Welcome to a live curfew break on the new D program channel. If it's your first time here, please hit like, and subscribe. If it's not your first time here and you've been here a long time, I'll just tell you one quick announcement. Uh, I'm moving. (laughs) This has been happening for a few days and, uh, finally, finally like the real move and we're going to postpone book club again, because Sunday is going to be impossible And I'm sorry, I'm really sorry we're postponing it again, but it will give you more time to read the book. And in our book club uh, Facebook group, Amy's going to announce the new date. I just want to make sure it works for my husband because he wants to be there as well. So we are currently reading the the real Anthony Fauci, which is a very dense book. So if you want to join us, you still have time to get a copy of the book and we'll be announcing the new date when uh, it's not so crazy for me. Uh, I'm not going to keep my guests waiting today. This morning, I have two beautiful ladies, Libby Emmons and Sarah Higdon. Where are you? What am I doing wrong? Oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> thanks for being here, both of you. Yeah, thanks for having us. I, um, I, I haven't been paying a lot of attention to the news So when I was talking with my husband about what topics I'm going to do today, I said, I'm mostly all I've paid attention to is the meltdown that's been happening on Twitter because Elon Musk bought it. And so I haven't talked about that yet. So I I was hoping we could just go through some of that.
1: That's been so crazy. It's been a, it's been a really fun week in conservative (laughs) news. (laughs) It's been one of my favorite news cycles in a while. Uh, and we've been digging into it at the Post Millennial. It's been a lot of fun um, seeing that news. What was it on Monday? Was it only Monday? It was, it was only, only Monday. Uh, I can't ago. believe that. I, <laughs> that I released a video possible. on this
2: yesterday too. Yeah. So it's been, It's it, you're right. It's been a fun week.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun. Between that and the um, disinformation, the board of good, what was it? The disinformation. Well, that's the that's the that's the don't say gay bill version of it, you yeah. know, like the, that's the fake name, but it's like the disinformation government board or what what is it exactly? I'm sorry, I'm going to grab it cuz I was looking Wait, at it you're, this morning.
0: I haven't even heard about this. Okay, so, so you I'll can tell me out. about it. Yeah.
1: Yes. So the Biden administration under the Department of Homeland Security um, has created the disinformation board um Let's find it. What's it called? Is this is this disinformation, a disinformation? It's the Disinformation Governance Board. Uh, apparently, they've been working on developing it for some time. And they appointed a woman named Nina Jankowicz to lead the board. And she has a long history um, with disinformation, namely in spreading it herself. So it's sort of like, what, what is going on? Like, the Biden administration creates essentially what a lot of conservatives are calling the Ministry of Truth. Harkening uh, back to George Orwell and his book 1984, it's the disinformation disinformation governance board um, headed by someone who said that the Hunter Biden laptop story was a Russian hoax, someone who uh, was a big proponent of the Russia collusion story with Donald Trump, someone who in, in May 2020 told Americans to go back to their Zoom happy hours and washing their hands and that um, Joe Biden's influence in Ukraine to get that prosecutor fired who was investigating the energy company um, on whose board his son sat, that this was not uh, extortion, but that this was diplomacy and that his efforts to withhold promised funding from Ukraine until the prosecutor was fired was perfectly fine. And we should all just go back to Netflix. She like she literally said this. Jack Posobiec has been huge in pulling out all of these old tweets. Christina Pushaw, uh Ronda Santos's pre- se- press secretary has also been pulling them out, along with a bunch of other um, pretty interesting people on Twitter, just like digging through and finding her old tweets. We've run a bunch of stories on it. There's uh, all this video of her singing show tunes, which I got to say that- makes me like her. But <laughs> that's what I was going
2: to see this video of her on TikTok was something to see. That's what I was looking for, actually, to see if I could pull it up. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's amazing. Because it, it's talking I mean, she, yeah, was the one that was key to the hiding the um Hunter Biden laptop story. Like she was the person that did that. Like that told the news media what they could and could not put out about that. So she was responsible yeah. for burying it.
1: And she she was like, All of these former intelligence had said that it's trash. So we probably should believe them. And now she's the one who's going to be um dealing with this disinformation. Now, what's interesting is when you look into what the disinformation governance board is primarily concerned with, there's a lot of talk about them intentionally going into um, communities overseas where people are fleeing those nations and coming to illegally immigrate into the US. And part of the idea is to inform these people that this is not the time to come, apparently. Uh, That's worked great so far, Right. We've seen that Alejandro Mayorkas got in front of the press briefing whenever it was. I have no conception of time, but like after Biden was sworn in a little bit after that. And he said, we're not. I believe this is a direct quote. We're not saying don't come. We're saying don't come yet. So I guess they're going to reinforce that message. That, uh, I don't know.
0: Well, if they just need to tell these people that America is a white supremacist patriarchy. And nobody you know,
1: believes that except for a bunch of American <laughs> leftists. <laughs>
0: Why would you want to come to such an oppressive place? I don't get it. I think Pirate might have that video pulled up that you mentioned, Sarah. Uh,
2: yes. This is, yeah, because it was on Tucker. That's right.
1: What? Yeah, it sure was. There are so many. Yeah. The information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes a <laughs> But saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet, so disinformation's
3: origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little eye little lie, it's how you hide a little eye little lie. It's how you hide a little lie when we <laughs> only share in from Ukraine, or when TikTok influences say COVID can cause pain.
1: They're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not Do they, our- they
0: hire a TikTok influencer to do this.
2: I I don't
1: know what her background is. Do you know Sarah? Yeah,
2: I I don't know. I don't know if it, if that's her background or she's just uh, she's actually somebody that's been working with on Capitol Hill for a long time in these types of spaces, and she just so happens to have a TikTok. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty insane. This morning on Twitter, a lot of people were uh, you had Dolores Umbridge trending because a lot of people were comparing her to Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter the uh, notorious, ambitious headmaster who comes in and forces Harry to write lines in his own blood, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty uh,
0: wild. Uh, Dion in chat says, we live in a parody. Yes. I, I just think that's pretty, it's right up there with, uh, do you remember when John Ashcroft sang his song in front of, when they when they put the, they covered up Lady Liberty, they covered up her bosoms. <laughs> and and then he did he did a whole a song about like let the eagle soar or something and and it it just was sort of cringe like i mean I, it's not that if you're a, a, in politics you shouldn't have a fun creative side i'm not i, get, I don't believe that you should be able to have, be fun and creative but when you're putting out your beliefs in this sort of comedic show tune form it just it's like wait what are you are you a government official or are you an influencer
1: yeah, know. it's pretty cringy to 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 see um, government officials out there with the jazz hands and the grease paint yeah, you know, but this under is, the oil this, lamps.
4: This, this has the been boards. the direction
2: I think that they've been going towards because they're trying to get they're trying to you know get the youth because they've seen the shift in the youth more to the right. The youth is shifting a little bit more to the right, I think, and so they're seeing that. So now they're trying to get on their level and get them excited, and that's why they're on TikTok it's mm-hmm. to get that audience they know that that's the only audience that's not paying attention to every little detail that they're doing so i think that's what i think that's really what it is like that's why they that's had what, the tiktok influencers a few, exactly. few months ago like and and it's just parody that and was it's amazing like these... <laughs> wait wait i missed this too what are you talking about the tiktok the white house <laughs> had a Long the white house. house had a yeah go ahead oh they had him
1: too they had that guy too But then they also had like a a Zoom call with a bunch of TikTok influencers to give them the party line and the going narrative on COVID and Ukraine. Uh, And then the influencers went out there and they said, I was at the White House and here's the real deal on Ukraine, you guys. (laughs) They Gave that information. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was this, it was unbelievable. They said they, they they like they said did it. the thing. They just like went out there and they did the oh,
0: yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's like that's on? the
2: only platform that they they have influence over anymore. Especially now with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, it's like right everywhere and they ruin else. The educational
1: system. None of these people yeah. can think for themselves. They just do it, say but, what they're told. <laughs>
2: But I think it's because um, nobody really gets too up in arms when they ban, like, conservatives off of TikTok. It's just kind of accepted. Whereas every other platform, it still becomes news when prominent conservatives are banned. And so I, I think that that's why they, they have to be able to, they can control TikTok better. You know, they can, it's not something that conservatives are really even p- paying attention to anymore. So that's why they don't even go to Facebook, who is more in bed with them. But even like your grandparents are on Facebook, and they get upset when they can't see Tucker Carlson. You know,
1: <laughs> well, Ben Shapiro. I think is isn't Ben Shapiro on TikTok? Is he? He's like the only are you, one. Are you guys on TikTok?
2: I have a TikTok. I did a TikTok a couple weeks ago, but it was my first one.
0: <laughs> I have one, but I think all that's up there is a video of Tiger and a video of butterflies.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I don't really know how to use it yet. Um, Well, hey, speaking of getting back to the Twitter thing and the the Elon thing, there's been so much happening. And first of all, it was a meme heyday. And I do have some memes we can look at later if we want to have a laugh towards the end. But the the other thing is that I've noticed, and I'm sure you guys have noticed everyone's talking about it, a lot of wrong thinkers, people would say are wrong thinkers, not just conservatives, but people who are not woke are seeing their numbers, climb. their subscriber numbers climbing. And I wondered what you guys thought that was, because I think it's probably a mix of, there's a lot of permaband accounts that are coming back. I know uh, Drunk3PO got his account back. um, uh, he got
2: her Redhead Libertarian account back.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, So there's been quite a few of those that are sort of reanimating, which is Mm -hmm. sort of funny. I was making jokes about how it's like, it's like if you're in a movie and and these freedom fighters are reanimating the the army of the the undead unwoke to <laughs> to come back to twitter so i think some of it is reanimated accounts but but what else do you think is going on do you think that there was some sort of shadow banning algorithm that they've turned off or something
2: i know i'm no longer shadow banned and so i've seen engagement numbers that are just through the roof like it, numbers on posts that were like like comments on other people's post would not get like any engagement for me they wouldn't get like anything and now i'm like looking and seeing like how many people are actually getting like viewing the tweets and it's a lot more than it used to be so i don't i don't know i think that there was some shadow banning going on and i think that the people at twitter might have hit like a rec- like a, a panic button like they had a panic button built in that automatically did these things because you're also seeing leftists lose a lot of followers i don't think it's that many people leaving the platform i think it's that Twitter had bumped their numbers up with bots for so long because that's who they wanted to stay higher in their algorithm. So you bump them up with bots and, and inflate their numbers to make them more influential. And so now you're seeing them just lose all their followers because they hit that reset button too. I
1: did. Was there see, an actual like reset button? What's the... What's I don't know. About? Yeah,
2: I, I I don't know. It's 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 my theory is that they like there was a panic button that when they when Elon when the deal was signed, they had to kind of get rid of all the evidence of everything that they were doing, so that kind of erased the code that was the shadow bands and everything like that.
1: That's we're interesting, ju- yeah, because um, that's something that some people have been saying. I think um, Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, Jack Posobiec from hum- Human Events. Josh Holly and some others have been saying, uh, don't erase anything, Twitter, we're gonna come check it out. And Jack was like, you bought evidence, Mr. Musk. <laughs> like That's what you have purchased. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if any of that comes out. I have noticed that as well, the post-millennial hour following increased a ton this week. Mine did personally, I was like, whoa, hi everybody how's it going? You know, it's been interesting to see that. I think there's also some renewed excitement. Like I've seen people saying that they're mm-hmm. coming back on the platform because um, Elon Musk bought it. Charlie Kirk deleted his Rachel Levine as a man tweet um, and got back on the platform. So did Tucker Carlson deleted his, I think, retweet of Charlie Kirk and got back on the platform. Um, I don't know if the Babylon Bee has done that. Do we know? I
2: don't know. I have not seen them post anything. Uh, their their account has it was it's never been showed as suspended on there so it's up but it's they haven't tweeted anything so i don't think they've done that
1: yeah cuz i think they they have to delete a tweet in order to gain access but Seth Dillon is still on there and he's the um but he's the CEO and he has a pretty big reach so i think it's yeah. not harming them probably as much plus they they must have a massive email list
2: and then uh Livs a TikTok hit a million this week
1: Right? The yeah. Taylor Lorenz situation. That was amazing. Uh,
0: before before we talk about that, because I do want to talk about the billboard that Tim pulled oh, yeah. and Daily Wire <laughs> paid for. But before we talk about that, uh, on the on the Twitter conversation, I think this is just speculation, but I was speculating the same thing, um, Sarah. I was thinking, like, they must have turned off something that they had on that maybe they don't want the new owners to see. And I know that on Facebook, a couple of years ago... Facebook, there was a leaked internal memo where they had a whole list of, of accounts that they were shadow banning. It was basically admitting like these are our these are. The, and I know Mike Cernovich was on that list. Candace Owens was on that list. And it was a list of people whose accounts, I think they called it down throttling them to make mm-hmm. sure that their posts showed up less. Um, yeah. and, and of course, I just assume and speculate that Twitter had something like that. And now they're like somebody in the chat said it's like burning all the documents before the authorities get there. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they probably, like you said, Sarah, maybe, maybe not an, a panic button, but they're like, Hey, let's turn off this shadow banning algorithm just so it's not working anymore. You
2: know? Well, and there is a shadow ban test uh, website that you can go to and run anybody's usernames. And as soon as this happened, like I saw my shadow ban, or it's called a ghost ban on there, but my ghost ban disappeared in the last couple of days um elon musk though had gotten like shadow banned like right after he purchased it though so (laughs) it was really interesting
1: but everyone's (laughs) reporting on like like any tweet he sends is now national news well he's
2: trolling everybody it's it's great yeah
1: it's kind (laughs) of amazing i yeah i i love to see it
2: but there has definitely been an energy shift on there i think like you said there is a a renewed excitement i was almost feeling that like i think a lot of people are starting to feel like I've, I've seen people say this is feeling like 2016 twitter all over again like that's where people's numbers are at and that's where their excitement is about the platform and i guess that was always considered kind of the the heyday of social media was around 2015 2016
1: i guess certainly for conservatives I was, yeah
2: i was in the army so i was kind of in a cult and not in those spaces so i didn't i didn't even have a twitter until 2018 so i i was not even there during that time but if that's how if this is how it was then i can see why there's excitement
1: i was on twitter since 2012 but i didn't really start paying attention until i started doing journalism it's not a huge platform in the art space facebook is a lot bigger of a platform yeah in the art space and instagram to like mm-hmm. get people to come to your shows and stuff like that
0: yeah. I I was on it back then, but it was all woke stuff that I was tweeting and uh, announcements for client shows. So it was completely different. And there was like they, no totally one following. Different. Yeah, it was like a personal thing. Um, I did want to put up, so there have been, you mentioned that you don't think it's all like some of the, some leftists are losing followers. And I saw Anna Navarro, I think her name is, she was like, oh, I'm losing lots of followers. Are people really leaving? I agree. I don't think it's that people are really leaving. There were, there a lot of people made threats to leave. And this one guy, there were so many, but I just want to highlight this one. Charles Blow was my favorite um, pirate. Can you pull oh, that the New York tweet? times,
1: the New York times columnist who um, writes about how awful white people are.
0: He, yeah. So this is a, a tweet where he's retweeting the New York times, talking about Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. And he says, Looks like I'm about to say goodbye to Twitter as well. I've been pulling back a bit from social media anyway. This will be just the push I need to go all the way on this app. And then I love the no. Go ahead, sorry. Oh well, but then this was what was really funny. I retweeted that because this made me think of you guys know that movie The Jerk with Steve Martin. Yes.
1: Where he's yes. like,
0: he's love like the movie. big dramatic goodbye when he's leaving. He's like, I'm leaving. I don't need anything. I don't need you except I'll, this yeah (laughs) i just need this this toaster toaster. (laughs) just this lamp and this paddle board game and that's it i don't need i'm leaving i just all i need is the lamp (laughs) i'm leaving it's like it's just a long long dramatic exit where you're supposed to beg him to stay like please charles blow don't go don't
1: well and it's funny too because trump trump said he's not coming back to the platform and then joe rogan was like Come on, man. Please, please, please. Come on. Yeah, and which you uh, totally should well, do. Trump should totally come back
2: to the platform. Well, and then you have uh with I, this, you have Sean King who is off for what 12 hours. He took a account oh, down for like 12 hours. Oh and he my came
1: god, back. what a douche that guy is. Like what? A I know. <laughs> I didn't know that he had
0: come back, but I predicted it. Um my husband was like, Yeah, it's Sean King's you know, deactivated his account. I'm like, Oh, he's gonna be back. This is a dramatic exit, but Speaking of which, he, I he's when I've
1: Rachel Dolezal. Totally Talcum
0: <laughs> Mr. Talcomex. Um, Charles Blow, okay, right, like maybe 12 hours after this tweet where he says he's gonna say goodbye. Put up the next one, put up the next one, fire See, <laughs> so then he goes, <laughs> Well
1: <laughs> 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 and it's what? a retweet thread, <laughs> <laughs> charlatan. You liar! I mean, the thing is, it's the it's the moralism, you know. Um,
2: What's says, funny is he well, got, he had like a million the, likes the, on the other one, and he's got a thousand <laughs> on this one.
0: Yeah, They're so he like, says, really well high. I'm out. Well, I'm out. I will now use Twitter like I use Facebook, only for promo purposes to post my columns, TV and speech appearances, and book info. No content specifically for it or created for oh okay so you're not leaving you're staying <laughs> and you're gonna keep using i just this was so silly and if you look at his feed he's been tweeting a lot in the past few days It's like dude come on anyway okay
2: I'm well, yeah that so i story. wonder though is there <laughs> is is there somewhere where you can find out like um twitter's actual numbers like how many users it has because i would be interested introduce- introduce- to interested to see if it's like where it's gone because again if you're dropping bots that because twitter makes its advertising money based on how many users it has on there right so if if they're dropping um if if they're dropping numbers that could also be a ploy to hurt elon as soon as he gets the company like his Mm -hmm. advertising numbers from going up like oh you dropped this many people so we're gonna stop paying you as much or you're not gonna get paid as much I don't know.
0: Hmm. Um somebody in the chat Michael says Howard Dean said he's leaving too and totally hasn't left. This is really sad. I used to love Howard Dean. I
1: I would Remember just- his big group. <laughs> that was so dumb. And like the thing is Howard Dean got canceled for being excited about his campaign. Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. And I remember it at the time being like, we're pissed at him because he's excited about potentially being president. What do you you
2: say, whoopee or something?
1: He
3: was like, whoop.
1: He He was like,
3: yeah. He was
2: like, a
3: big whoop.
2: We're going to go to Michigan. We're going to go to Florida. We're going to go here and there. (laughs) Woohoo.
1: You can't say woohoo now? Yeah. And apparently not. No. You can't be too excited <laughs> about potentially being president. But the well, thing I he also wanna, went on to be like they, a huge
2: socialist. So,
1: right. <laughs> the, the thing that, that, that I find wild is the moralism that comes with people leaving social media. I don't need this. I don't need to be part of this anymore. You have social media. I'm too good for it. I'm better at it. You know, and it's like, I just, I love social media. I think social media is great. You know, you get to like talk to a bunch of people. I met you guys. You know, it's That's like, okay it's so interesting and we are able to as a as a as a nation of people collectively come up with ideas and then explore them and then counter those ideas with other ideas and then come up with a new idea then counter that it's like you know this dialectical approach to a massive conversation all in real time and we we can bring in and you know i'm in media you guys are in media It's a huge platform for media people and we get to talk to people from all over the world like certainly there's you know when i'm involved with like a lot of gender critical communities in australia and new zealand and canada and the uk and you see all of these women talking during their own time zone i've connected with a lot of people um And it's so interesting the way that ideas form. So to to be a writer and to moralistically oppose breathlessly social media, you're too good for it. It's total nonsense. That's like saying, I'm not gonna go to the library anymore. You know, However many years ago, libraries were relevant. I'm not gonna go to the library anymore. I don't need to read what other people are thinking. (laughs) I don't need to engage with other thought leaders in my field. It's just not relevant to me. (laughs) Whose dog was that?
2: Exactly, exactly, Tiger. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, it wasn't Tiger.
1: Well, no, it's Tiger.
0: This is about. Hold on, hold on. I'm just gonna shut this door. You guys talk amongst yourselves.
1: (laughs) That dog is so cute. I feel like Homer Simpson. Oh, this dog has a puffy tail.
2: i i i agree i i love social media like it's i always so i will i will say something about like um twitter being a complete hellscape sometimes but it's like i've met some of my closest friends now on twitter and i've met i always get confused when people say would <laughs> you ever meet some
3: <laughs> tiger really just quit funny. twitter <laughs> That's sorry funny. i interrupted you
2: no, I, I said, it's always interesting to me when people say, would you ever meet somebody that you met on Twitter? I'm like, I've met like yeah. almost all of my closest friends that I've met on Twitter. I met you, Carrie. I've, I've met, I mean, a lot of my friends I've met now through Twitter and that's why, and now I'm doing this. And so I've met a lot of people because of places like Twitter, even though, yeah, it can get bad sometimes, but social media is great and if you just want entertainment and if you want entertainment go look at any of my videos on rumble and look at the comment section they're hilarious
1: (laughs) it's been never read the comments i never read the social media people tell me
2: that too but sometimes i'm like i I like to go in there to find the gems that like give me motivation
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: and, and i can block out but rumbles comments are some of, like the, I can't wait till Twitter becomes Rumble comment sections, you know, because it's going to be great because the Rumble comments are just brutal. Because
1: it's, it's <laughs> uncensored, is that why?
2: Yeah. Uh, I was on a yeah, they're uncensored. I was on a,
1: a thing recently. I was on Tim Pool recently and there was a chat and like I don't usually see the chats, but I was sitting right where I could see the screen with the chats and somebody was like, "Libby is holding up my favorite pencil." And I was like, "Oh. Blackwing Unite." <laughs> it's like literally so that was fun. I like you're finding your that. pencil nerds. I'm uh, his,
0: yeah. Chat, yeah. his chat moves so fast. I remember what the the time the first one I was on there it was this it was a similar I just saw it off to the side and it was scrolling really fast and I happened to look over right when somebody said, "Why is this woman dressed like my grandma?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh, great." <laughs> I get that I get that comment a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Libby, you did a piece, and then, and you've done a couple pieces about what's going, been going on with Twitter. Uh, did you also do? I saw you did the one about how you know more free speech is great for liberalism, and we need a free speech movement. Um, but did you also do the one about the leaked audio of the Twitter meeting?
1: I don't think that was me. I think that was Hannah Nightingale.
0: Oh, okay. It might have been.
1: Um, but yeah, that was really fascinating. It? Yeah. So Project Veritas did their Project Veritas thing, and they got some. They got the leaked audio from the all hands Twitter meeting that happened after Elon Musk bought the platform, uh, which I imagine is uh, going to take a while. Acquisitions take a while. Um, so it's going to be a minute, but, uh, yeah, so there was this, there was this meeting and everyone at Twitter seemed very upset by it. The people at this meeting who were speaking, there were, um, I believe there were tears if I recall. Yeah. Uh, but we can, we can, pull that up. I can send it to you. Yeah, uh, I was we...
2: looking interested in that too, because it was all the leaked audio, but it sounds like, like it was again, like, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle on Netflix again, all over again. Everybody yeah, it was down in office.
1: There's this um, there's this idea that uh, there there's this idea that some ideas are just evil and can't be can't exist, you know, and so you can't talk about them and you can't um, be party to them. And in a true academic concept context, every idea is open for exploration, and there's no judgment about the value of a given idea. You explore all of it. You know, you ask all the questions. It's the only way to get to any sort of, um, you know, semblance of of truth is to engage in every area. Um, But I think there was like a full, here it is. I'll give you this YouTube. Wait, Pirate has it on screen. Okay. There was like a full YouTube as well. So there was this, there were like clips. Yeah.
0: Let's just listen to a little of it. I I think this is. Pretty long. Um, and you might have to scroll past James O'Keefe if he sets it up like he
3: usually does. I just, I, there he uh, is. This was I just pretty straight the past, up. It is. Considering acquisition is by a person with questionable ethics. The question of attrition, um, you know, as Parag stated, you know, uh, one of the themes of today is continuity. Um, and ensuring that Parag and this leadership team continues to operate the business successfully on behalf of our users, on behalf of our customers. Um, And that's obviously been a big topic of discussion at the board. And as I mentioned, an area that uh, is important to Elon Musk as well, because of the importance of Twitter as a service. With no board in place, who will keep Elon accountable and how? Elon made it clear in public that a large part of the reason he bought the platform was because of our moderation policies and disagreements in how we deal with health this puts twitter service and trust and safety as well as anybody who cares about health on the platform in a very difficult position
4: twitter service the role of our policies and the capabilities we've built around content moderation are fundamental to keeping twitter safe and growing i believe that there is a lot of work we have to do to continue making that better sometimes that means more thoughtful moderation. Sometimes that means making things simpler. Sometimes that means changing product incentives to be able to solve problems through products sometimes instead of policies.
3: During the last All Hands, you said that you trust Elon Musk. The correct quote was, we trust him. So who is we and talking to Elon, what made you trust him?
4: And based on the conversation I had with him uh, when we were excited to have him join our board, that was because as a major shareholder, an opinionated user, we wanted that voice in our boardroom so that we could learn.
3: Is there an updated understanding on what free speech means? The
4: question, the question here, which is where might Twitter's product go as a private company in the future once this deal closes? To best gain perspective on this, as I said earlier, we'll find ways to... Bring Elon for a and a with all of you to understand better what his vision for the future of Twitter might look like.
0: Wow. Just a couple things. I saw people in the chat saying this, too. First word that struck me is they say health. Health. Why do you have a health department <laughs> at Twitter? Uh, trust and safety. I mean, I get it. There needs to be an amount of, of content moderation that goes on, but I bet you that department is massive trust and safety. Yes. And it could more accurately probably be called censorship department. Uh, safe, he used the word safe. And then what is
1: free speech? <laughs> well, this is a big question. What is free speech, right? You have You have Elon Musk saying that he's a free speech absolutist which is essentially the idea that all speech should be available, that there's no such thing as um, hate speech or violations of hate speech or things like that. I think that that is what is upheld by our First Amendment, a free speech absolutist perspective. That's my perspective. I'm in favor yep. of it. I thought about it for a long time. Uh, I'm really into like just all the speech. Best way to counter speech you don't like is, by, is with more speech, not by, um, suppressing the speech that you don't like there used to be this great idea you guys are familiar with it um, I don't respect your views but I you know will fight for your right to express them mm. I thoroughly believe in that I think that that is the the best way to um, gain real understanding to have any kind of real uh, kinship with others is to know that you're not gonna um, you know, Tell every anyone that they have to be quiet by by government or corporate mandate. So, but you also had Parag Agrawal, the current CEO of Twitter, saying that he doesn't believe this was a while ago. That he doesn't believe that Twitter is beholden to that rule of free speech. That for them, it's more important to have like healthy conversations and to make sure to moderate those conversations. That's a these yeah. are hugely different perspectives. I think there's a good shot that Musk takes the company private. Gets these things sorted out, and then does another, um, you know, IPO.
2: It's also interesting that Jack Dor watching Jack Dorsey's comments on this, because he's excited about Elon Musk taking mm-hmm. over. He said he thinks this is what's needed to happen for a long time. Um, there was a comment, um, and I highlighted in the video I did on this yesterday, though it said um, it was Jack Dorsey responding to a tweet that talked about the insights of the Twitter board from the beginning of the inception or the inception of the Twitter board. And Jack Dorsey just basically commented on that and said, it's been one of the biggest issues we've had, one of the biggest issues with Twitter since the the beginning. Um, And then somebody else just commented, are you allowed to say this? And he said, no. (laughs) But it's really really interesting. It is interesting to watch that because you're right. I mean, when you're talking free speech, again, this was when Sean King came back on Twitter. He was like, oh, but all the app stores will not have now come out publicly and said we will not keep this if Twitter does not regulate hate speech. And my response to that was what is hate speech? And I actually think that what is hate speech should take over for what is a woman for questions to ask the left because they don't have an answer. It's up to the individual who decides that it's hate speech to determine what it what it means there is no definition of hate speech it's just speech that is hateful but what's that nobody can answer it and and the leftists definitely can't answer it they just want to be able to censor you and i think that's you nailed it libby when you said you counter bad speech with more speech um you win in the world of ideas And i think that's what most people just want the, want the opportunity to win in the world of ideas and and that's Mm -hmm. where we're at i think with twitter and that's what i hope the platform goes to see forward um elon's been kind of saying in the last couple days that people on the far left and far right probably are going to hate him equally because he's so it sounds like he is going to i mentioned i would also assume that technically porn is considered a free speech right but um i I assume there's loads of porn on twitter though
1: like I've there occasionally is. gone to do a search for something and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Dick. Okay.
2: Oh, right. there's a that's lot. What I was and looking a, for well,
1: on the platform. Yeah. yeah. Eli- Eliza blue has
2: been hammering this the last couple of days too, about the, uh, the child sexual abuse material that's on Twitter, because not long Elon's going to be in front of Congress asking what he's doing about this. Cause there is an open lawsuit against Twitter for not removing child sexual, um, abuse material. So, but I would assume that they are still going to try to moderate like porn as much as possible on Twitter. And that's kind of how they've been doing it. So I still think that there's going to be some moderations. It's not going to be like what's absolutely allowed under the first amendment, even though that is Elon said, based on where you're at when the location and what is the law at that local governance, then that is what Twitter will allow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out Um, I think that Elon Musk was uh, right on when he said he's going to get hated on both sides. That's kind of where you want to be. Right. Yeah. Um, There's also something interesting, too, that I think. uh, So we saw recently with um, the parental rights and education bill in Florida, which Ron DeSantis signed. And then you had Democrats say that it was actually a don't say gay bill, which it actually isn't. And Disney was one of those uh, major employer in in Florida who came out and said that they would do everything they could to, I I believe their quote from Bob Chapek, the CEO of Disney, was that Disney would do everything they could to work to repeal that law. And DeSantis Mm -hmm. basically said, you know, go screw yourself. You are not the legislature. Um, We are not beholden to corporate interests here in the state. Um, and now you have a lot of people praising Elon Musk, um, who this morning slammed Biden's um, disinformation governance board. Also DeSantis said that his intention was to hold the Biden administration accountable for that board. So we have one CEO slamming the parental rights and education bill, getting roundly clobbered by conservatives, primarily on social media and you know in, in media. Uh, for saying that, and now you have Elon Musk slamming the Biden administration's disinformation board um, and conservatives are on board with that. So that's that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Like we want our CEOs to be in favor of what we're in favor of, and then we praise them. And when they're not in favor of what we're in favor of, then we say they don't have a right to that expression. Um, it's definitely an interesting little yeah. area they have a right to that expression, like
0: obviously Disney can say whatever they want about what they think about the bill, but then they can also be criticized by people who are like, I don't care what you have to say say what well, say you big, say yeah. what you want, but we're gonna protest you um has it has anyone are people saying that Disney doesn't have that right to interfere is it is it a
1: I, yeah I don't I mean, think it was
2: saying oh good
1: oh I think some people were saying that i I don't think that they have a um, right to interfere in the state legislature for sure and they didn't they didn't say anything until they were pressured to say something
2: yeah but as a private organization I, I think yeah I think people have been kind of saying stuff like that but I think that's more coming up when it looks at um them taking away their tax benefits, like all the, mm. the the benefits that Disney has received for so many years because of this. And so basically they're like, well, you don't bite the hand that feeds you type type deal. Um, which is why, I, I mean, I think government interest or uh, corporate interest in government. I mean, it needs a huge reform. Um, because a lot of people are saying that this is a first amendment violation, which I don't know if that is like, um, DeSantis taking away their, their tax uh, status. They're saying that's a first amendment violation because it's, it's a retaliation. It's a retaliatory effect of what they were doing, but they were getting special benefits. Um, it's not like they're punishing them with more taxes. They're just taking away a, a tax break. So I I don't know what the law would say there. It's, it's going to be a really interesting going forward and see where, where it lands. But yeah, I think it's a difference when the, when the government retaliates, um, yeah, I'm I a, thought I'm that just looked like
1: this. Yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted you. I do that no, no. literally all the time. You're fine, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you. Go ahead.
0: Marvy Dog, uh, thank you Marvy Dog for the super chat says keep an ear open for the talking heads using the label free speech absolutist. This seems to be the cathedral's preferred insult for first amendment supporters. Are they trying to use it as an insult? I guess they I guess they will yes. eventually. I think they, they are, are, but
1: it's dumb because um like yeah, I'm free speech absolute absolutist, hundred percent, yeah. totally on board. <laughs> um, but I do yeah. think that the Disney DeSantis uh tax status for Reedy County seemed like a pissing contest and Disney's gonna have to piss back, right? I mean, now you have Colorado being like, come make Disney World in Colorado instead. Um Just you know, like Disney is fine. DeSantis is great. He should be president.
0: (laughs) I've talked to quite a few uh, Floridians who don't want him to be president, though. They want him. They're like, we want to keep him in Florida.
1: I know they're greedy. They're greedy with their. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Start
0: sharing. (laughs) They're DeSantis Um, greedy. Just I saw this in the chat. Zato says, uh, "Yes, they
1: do. They also say extremists." Free, sorry. What is a free speech extremist? <laughs> no free speech for me. <laughs> what? It,
0: what does that mean, though? I'm. How can you be a free speech? Ex- uh,
2: more speech. Well, the, what
1: that's you're what seeing Sean a lot King of. Getting at.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. No, that's that's exactly what you're you're seeing um, a lot of. Is they're saying these things because they're like, now you're gonna have like people. You know, the racists are going to say all the racist things and all the ex- actually like all the people that you would consider extremist are going to be saying what they actually think now on Twitter instead of hiding because they know that they're not going to get banned. Like they're afraid of they're afraid of the turfs now being able to say what they want without getting banned. They're afraid of the racist. All the all the Nazis are going to say are going to are going to try to get all of us deplatformed and killed. And that's that's what they're saying. Like, that's why they're using the word extremist, because they think that free speech, because remember, these are the words are violence crowd. So they think that every single word that you say against them is like violence against them. And so that now that they but that's but it's still protected speech. So now they're really scared because I think that they think that their block button is going to be taken away. Like, I don't think that, I I, I think that could be a lot to block people.
1: (laughs) What's great though, is when all, when everybody feels comfortable speaking their minds fully, you get to see, uh, really who the worst people are anyway. Right. So it's like, if you feel, if you're like this racist person and you suddenly feel very comfortable to espouse your racist views, that's better that we can see that that's what your motivations are and what you're about and understand everything you say with that in mind than it is to not see that and not know that and have, have, you know, horrible racist Twitter person um, hiding. Right. I mean, it's better to know what people think and that way you can understand their framework better. Drag it into the sunlight.
2: I, I say this all the time, being who I am and getting comments that I get, right. I'm like, I like to know who the bigots are. So I don't hang out with bigots. I like to know, I, I think that companies should be able to make the rules inside their company, like trans bathroom situations and stuff like that, because I want to, I don't want to give my money to people who don't want me in their in their stores or restaurants or anything like that. I'm not going to give my money. You have the right to do that, but I'm not going to give my money. And that's what free speech is about. We can mm-hmm. choose to associate or disassociate with whoever we want based on who they are. We don't have to force people to take our money or force people to associate with us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I when I Black go place, to right? places in New York and it says like that they still require vax mandates or whatever, I'm like, okay, so I'm not going here then. Obviously. Yeah. It was so like know, when I was in I'm Texas showing Carrie. my papers. No, yeah. yeah.
2: It was like wearing a mask when I was in Texas. We're like, uh, we're not going in there. Yeah. We <laughs> right?
3: I saw that in Texas too. Yeah. yeah there it's were like, a, really-
0: in Austin, there's quite a few workplaces. Um, not, so, not as many <laughs> up here every once in a while there's one up here, but, um, can, can we switch topics for a second? Speaking of uh, being hated on both sides, this, this is something just uh, personal that happened recently, but I think it's an interesting conversation and I want to get your take on it, both of you. So I am very used to, in the past few years, being called a, a transphobic bigot and a turf, and uh, all these different names by the left, right? I've gotten used to that. And I've had to become okay with people thinking things about me that are not true. And that I can't do anything about what you think about me. So mm-hmm. that's a hard lesson to learn and to actually, I've had to learn it several times. And, but then recently I was just at the better discourse conference with you Libby, which was great mm-hmm. in Fort Worth in Texas. It was fun. And, oh, I had so much FOMO. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to come to the next one yeah, just to get you back in Texas. But so yeah. I, I took pictures with several of the attendees and posted them took one with you, Libby, took one, and uh, the one I took with Blair White, I suddenly got a lot of maybe three or four different people who were very upset that I, I would dare to take a photo where I'm smiling with a trans woman, and, and then, then sort of this, uh, I, I went from being called a transphobe to being called like a trans-enabling Pharisee. And so I just, I wanted to bring this subject up because, um, one of the things I was being told and, and I, maybe I, maybe I just want to clarify this for anyone who follows me and is confused. We don't have to choose the same thing. We can have different opinions on things. I don't, I don't, I don't choose to, uh, when I, when I come, when I meet a person, Okay. I'm not going to use made up pronouns. I'm not going to use these or because I think those are fundamentally asking me to lie. I'm not going to use they, them. Uh, and then I'm going to choose when I use a person's preferred pronouns. It's an impulsive thing, but it's based, It's if I think about it and take it apart, it's based on a lot of things. Is this person compelling me to use their pronoun? Is this person um, pretending that they're, they're, not biologically the opposite sex. Do they want me to pretend that too? Um, Is this person, honestly, a lot of it has to do with do they pass so much that the first thought that comes in, when I look at Blair white, she and her comes into my mind. i never, I would have to jump through mental hoops to say he and him and I'm not going to do that. And then, and then the other thing is they were, this one guy was like, you know, say his name. I'm like, I don't even know what name Blair was born with. And do you, am I going to walk up to someone who, whose work I admire, who's doing a lot of work against trans and kids? Am I going to work up, to, walk up to this person and be like, Hey, how you doing? Uh, a man, uh, what, what name were you born with? Okay. Got it. Anyway, how's the day? How, how are you doing the conference? Like what a dick, like I am not going to be that dick. And if you want to also
1: that dick- a Blair is a male name as well. Like I've, I've known men yes. named Blair. I a, have yes. to. Respect. That's a good but point. Even, I should have brought
2: that up. Even, <laughs> with, even with me too, it's like this is my real name. <laughs> it's by law, my name yeah. is Sarah, yeah. and not very many people know my my old name.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I and Sarah. So this this I happened this morning. It was on my mind because then when I promoted this show, one of these same people was like, first comment
4: say his name
0: or say his real name. It's like, uh, I've only ever known Sarah as Sarah and you trying to force me over a period of days to control me and tell me I have to make the same choice as you. It's just as, it's just as controlling. Uh, it's just as obsessive as social justice people trying to get me to call, uh, Leah Thomas, a woman, which I'm not going to do. So no, that's my answer yeah. is no, <laughs> and that's not very well articulated.
2: I apologize, ladies. I'm
0: trying to figure out how I want to talk about this, but if
2: you have any thoughts so on it, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, I I made this comment to you too because I live in the middle of most conversations. Um, when I when I was on your show the first time um, on the new show, I had mentioned that there are the those on the left who are trying to cancel me. They're try, I get called turfs a uh, uh, turf every. I'm probably every day. I, I get videos made about me, um, but then there's a section of the gender critical movement that wants to deplatform people like me and Blair and 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 the others and Buck and Angel and stuff like that because we're trans. They but they what they call it don't don't take your trans friends to work day type thing. Like they want us basically deplatformed as well. Um, like there are no good trans to talk to or anything like that. Like we can't support anybody even if we're pushing the right narrative. Um, and there's also something. So last year at Freedom Fest, Austin Peterson was talking about this and he, t- he mentioned me because I'm a regular on his radio show. Um, but he says somebody like me, he will use my preferred pronouns and, and everything like that. But he's cause I am. I'm for free speech. I'm not compelling you to do this. I'm not going to force you to you you know use anything that you don't want to use for me. Um he said but if you're a communist and you don't believe in free speech and you don't believe in private property rights then I'm just going to I'm not going to do that. I'm going to purposely misgender you. I'm going to purposely mi- misname yeah, you. Same. To get under your skin because I know that is your weakness. That is your crux and that's what's going to make you like lose your mind and make you look like a complete you know you you know go crazy so that you look crazy like so that you look crazy to the rest of the people and then people more more people move to to our side because they're like these people i don't want to associate with that that's crazy you know it's kind of again it's the freedom of association stuff yeah
1: my view would be a couple of things you weren't the only one who um got slammed for a photograph that stamped yeah. out of the Better Discourse Conference. I'm surprised you
2: didn't get. I'm surprised you didn't get the heat that James Lindsay
1: got. Um, nobody knows me. James Lindsay is is very well known. Also, yeah. uh, Nikki Klein is a friend of mine. Um, I'm gonna stick up for my friends no matter what. I don't have to agree with my friends. Yeah. About their political views, I don't even have to agree with them about their ideas about you know, their own lives. And I'm not saying that I do or don't disagree with Nikki about anything. This has been my, um, this is how I treat all of my friends. I have lots of friends that I disagree with. I have lots of friends where if their life were my life, I'd be like, girl, like mm, you should really do it this way. Get rid of that guy. Like don't talk to your kid like that, (laughs) whatever it is. But I love them. This is my friend. I'm not going to judge them. If they're interested in my advice, they can ask for it. But mostly I'm interested in, you know, sharing a life journey with my friends, enjoying them being part of their their world, being part of their conversations, and just like loving these people. So to me, that's what that's what friendship is about. Yes. It's not about judging people, It's not about criticizing them. You know, there's these people, just total tangent, there's these people who like, if you don't take their advice, if you're upset with something, and you don't take their advice about your life, they're like, well, I can't be friends with you anymore, because you won't fix this thing about yourself. And it's like, i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna fix all the things about myself i i don't have that much time like i still have to work a job and pay my rent like how am i supposed to do that am i supposed to like exist in some sort of metaphysical ashram forever trying to figure out (laughs) like forget it i'm just i'm trying to exist over here life is hard enough without your friends you know getting all in your face because you're not doing your life the way they think that you should so i don't i don't get involved in that i love my friends i'm gonna stick up for them it doesn't matter um you know just totally irrelevant to me so yeah i had photographs with nikki as well i'll always take pictures with nikki i have great pictures of her with my son they got on really great um yeah so james got slammed for being in the photo with nikki um totally stupid they were on a panel together the conference is literally about bringing people who have different and divergent perspectives Mm -hmm. together to have what's called a better discourse Yes. To talk about things, like if you are making friends with people you disagree with, that's like at least half the point of this conference, Yes, um, yes. and it's one of the great things <laughs> about it, you know, like now yeah. I can be, you know, I was on a panel with, you know, different people that I disagree with, so what? I like them, um, I like them personally, so I yeah, like, I like, it, I'm gonna cut it, I like Jangles, yeah, and Jangles is a social justice
0: warrior, and I think his mm-hmm. ideology is evil. But I don't think he's evil. And no, I, I, I every time evil. I, I see him, it think makes think me smile.
2: But I don't think
3: he's
1: evil. <laughs> <laughs> he might think and I'm evil. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of like, um, there's something I think that's more important than any of these things, more important than any ideology. And that is treating the people that you encounter in your life with kindness, love, and respect. That's more important than. Anything else like if I'm talking to somebody and they have specific pronouns, whether it's someone in my family um, that I already love and care about, someone that I'm just meeting, or someone you know, and perhaps a friend group that I don't know that whatever it is, I'm I'm going to use that person's pronouns. That doesn't change what I believe about the innate nature of biological sex. Uh, I'm going to use a person's name that they tell me their name is. Um, You know there's someone that i'm close to in my family who changed their name changed their pronouns Uh, i do my damnedest to make sure that i get those right because i know it matters to this person and this person matters to me i don't agree with their choices so what you know so what i don't agree with like tons of choices that people make i still use their names and i still refer to them uh, you know, and I, I still treat them with kindness, respect, and love. Um, To me, that's a, I'm rambling now, but to me, that's like, that's a Christian perspective to treat people the way that you would want them to treat yes. you. It's very important. I
0: Adam in the chat says, respect needs to be earned, but everything else, civility, manner, character are important. Yeah. It, it's sort of a, th- this is what you're getting at. I think is, is, uh, respect is something that grows as you, as you learn a person's character and who they are. And, and when I meet someone who's like, here's a great example. One of my old coworkers had um, a niece who I think I'm have to talk about this on the show, but anyway, decided they were genderqueer and wanted to be called they them. And my coworker tried to enforce this with me and another, another coworker there. And when her, and she, she started calling her niece her nephew, which I'm like, no, I'm not using these made up words. I'm just not. And then she said something once in this conversation where I was, I said something about her niece. I was like, and I used the word, she, she's like, they, they, them. And I was like, "Mm, no, like that's, I don't respect that. I don't respect that attempt to coerce me. And I don't respect the attempt to, to get me to use words that are more confusing, that introduce confusion into a conversation like they, them, or Zem, or whatever. That's my personal choice. Libby may have a different choice on that. I don't come mm-hmm. up into Libby's house and demand that she do the exact same thing that I do. And I, I, I just find that incredibly rude. And I don't see much difference between the social justice left trying to control me and say, you must call You know the game, the GameStop, ma'am, she, which I'm not gonna do, and you, and then the conservative right telling me I must call Sarah He, which I'm not gonna do. It's like, and again, I'm not articulating it well, but I, because I, I still have a lot of like this morning. I was like, "Ah," like I want to say something about this. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's also a difference too between the way that you treat um, an individual and the way that you. you know discuss a group right yeah. that's the difference mm-hmm. as well um yeah. Yeah. yeah but to me like i remember distinctly um someone in my family had a son disagreed with the way that their son was living their life um and said to me um and said to me uh i can't talk you know i can't talk to him until he xyz like does these things that i want him to do levels up in his life gets a proper job, whatever else it is, gets these things in order. And I said, Look, this is this is your son, right? Um, You need to decide if you want this person in your life. This person is now an adult. You have parented them to adulthood. You now have to decide if you want this person in your life. And if you do want them in your life, then you need to meet them where they stand. You need to enjoy the time that you spend with them. You need to engage with them and act as though they have the right to lead their life according to their own choosing, which obviously now they do. Um, that's a huge thing, like like meet a person where they stand. Be kind to them. If you enjoy that person, enjoy that person, regardless of what choices they are making that you disagree with. I had another friend who was in prison. Um, and while he was in prison, all of his friends uh, basically ditched him. They didn't like the crime that he had committed. Who does um, like those, you know? But everyone just stopped being his friend. And I wrote him letters. The man is doing his time, right? He's doing the time. Um, Who am I to judge? Once the government has already judged, a sentence has been handed out, and he follows through that sentence. I wrote him letters. We remained friends. It was important to me. In the Gospels, Jesus says, "You know, did you visit me when I was in prison?" And I thought to myself, "You know, I didn't, uh, but I'll write you a letter." Like I said, yeah, yeah. Um, And that was important to me. It's not up to me to judge him at this point. God has judged him, right? Probably. That's not what do I know from God? The state has judged him. He's done his time. Afterwards, when he got out at a certain point, he started being judgy of me, because I'm like conservative (laughs) pundity type of person. Um, And recently came to me and asked me uh, to justify my internal life as though in some way I was betraying myself. And I was just like, Okay, now I'm judging you because this is total bullshit. Excuse me. Uh, I like you as a person. I'm happy to enjoy your company happy to chat with you. Like I like you, you know, but now you're not, you're not meeting me where I stand. Exactly. You're not accepting that I have the rights to make my own choices and that I'm making them on a foundation that, you know, is meaningful, meaningful to me. That really pissed me off. You made
0: me think of this. uh, I heard this pastor once say that love is meeting someone where they are, but treating them as though they were where you think they should be. Which is mm-hmm. what you're saying. And and that's the way I try and engage with people. And I and I would that's the advice I would give other people if, if there are people who are like, but I think this thing is wrong and I think it's a sin. And I'm I must tell this person. It's like, well, okay, but is that in my is that really loving to treat a person like that? Why can't you meet them where they are and 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 uh and 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 the funny thing is what you're talking about, so you You acted in love with him. You did not judge him. You wrote him letters, and then not everybody can return love, though.
1: And now he's all judging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He can't do the same. How? Why? Like? Yeah, I found that very frustrating.
2: Yeah, yeah, that would that would be. I don't know. That would that would definitely be hard because. Like you, yeah, you did all that for, for him. And it's, and, but that's the way that so many people in society are. I mean, Carrie, yeah. you talk about, you know, narcissist all the time and that's kind of what it is. It's like, don't judge me, but I'm going to judge you. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's also, yeah, it's I kind just, of like. I just, so rude. It is so rude. And I, and I think um like, if I have a friend who is obese and I, and I, if I personally think that being obese is bad for you and an external representation of something wrong inside of you, I don't love you by every time I see you being like, hey, you're fat. You're still fat. Um, so how's it going on today? What, what's happening? You know, like that's just not, that doesn't love you. Okay. And like, no. if you get, if you get to a point where you address that health issue and then, and I never cut off contact, because why would I cut off contact with you? We all have our things that we're struggling with. And and uh, it, yeah, it just blows my mind, people who are like uh, appreciative when you meet them where they're at, even though you may feel differently, or, or you may be judging them Ooh. about something, but you're still treating them with love, but then they can't do the same for you. I, I don't know.
1: There's also a difference too, I think, if you're in a relationship, like a romantic relationship. Um, if you're romantic in a romantic relationship with someone who, to continue with your um, hypothetical, is remarkably obese and can no longer be a substantive partner um, and doesn't want to address the issues that are preventing them from being a substantive partner, then I think that's an issue. And in that case, it's not necessarily the obesity that's the issue, but it's all of the underlying things that need to be dealt with in order for that person to be your, you know, romantic and, and domestic partner, which um, which I do think is a different situation, right? Like if you're involved with someone whose behavior and habits are so detrimental not only to themselves, but that they spill over onto you and your domestic life and your children and your finances and like, you know, what all of that does, then I think it's a different story. And you can disengage from that relationship and then love them and meet them where they stand. Um, but you don't have to remain in the romantic relationship with a person yeah. who is, uh, refusing to actually be your partner. Right.
0: And I think all of these things, when they get to the extreme, and that's what you're talking about. When you get to, if, if it were something like the reality show, my 800 pound life or something, it's like, yes, at that point, love, I think does look like intervening it, it, the same thing with an alcohol. if it, if it gets to that point where someone's destroying their life. But if mm-hmm. it's just like this is something they struggle with, it's not at that point of of an extreme where you need to have an intervention with friends. Then I, I don't know. Thanks, thanks for helping me figure out what I think about all those. But it's hard but though.
2: I mean, is,
1: these are hard questions.
2: Yeah, but that's the thing is. So like an intervention is just that, telling somebody what you think, and it's just like a one time thing. But at the end of the day, like watch the show Intervention. If like, if they don't go to to rehab. Then you disassociate. You know, you don't continue to batter them over the head with what you think about them all the time, and that's what people seem to do a lot in in society. And it it it, it comes from every every area of society. Um, and you would think, I mean, we're all Christians here, and you would think that Christians would be the most accepting, but they're the ones that are, you know, they believe in the Bible, but Bible tells us not to judge only God can judge. And then they're the ones out here telling, you know, what you should be doing and what other people should be doing while they're not living up to all the standards that they should be living up to. And, but they, they, they see it as their right to tell you and not, and not um, have you tell them, you know, it's, it's, they, again, they would say they don't judge me. And then they would come out and tell you, you know, judge you for whatever you do.
0: There's actually, and I'm gonna mangle this because I I don't I can't recite it, but there's a part in the Bible that I've been reading recently. This is really interesting to me. I'm glad you brought this up, Sarah. There's a part about judging within the church, like within the to show love within the within you know with your brother and your sister. If you see a brother or sister living in sin, there's this. It's the part where um, uh, one of the uh, apostles is writing about how like. This church, you, you've allowed uh, adulterers to live among you. This guy who took his his um, his dad's wife or something as his own and you've said nothing about it and you need to say something about it. And you need to judge. That is, and then it specifically says in that same passage, and maybe somebody in the chat can pull this up if they know what passage I'm talking about. Then it says something like, but as for people who don't believe, you know, no, you don't need to be judging them. It's like th- That is, that is something that um, I appreciate in a church where it's like, if we see you living in a sin in an unrepentant way, and you're a member and you're one of the flock, we will have an intervention. We will talk to you about it. We will hold you accountable because we love you. But as for somebody outside, if it's somebody outside the church and not a believer who's engaging that behavior, no, that's none of our business. They're of the word. It's like, I'm not going to go outside and be like, listen, you know, (laughs) like you don't even believe what I believe. So why would I go out there and judge you? You know, um, I don't know. I think I think that's really interesting. I did want to highlight this too, Lisa. I saw this, Lisa. Yeah, she says, as a fat person, I, what I do not want to hear is, "Oh, but you're beautiful just the way you are. Don't worry about losing weight." That infuriates me to no end. I agree. I don't believe in lying. That's lying, and I, I don't. I don't. You know, when I was when I was drinking too much. Uh, I was dating someone who was, when I would talk about like, do you think maybe I should quit? Do you think I have a problem? And he was, he was a liar <laughs> and with that, and then that did not help me. And it was like, no, no, you're fine. Don't quit here. Uh, Yeah. I did not.
2: I I think that's what's key is that you don't want to. You're not going to live the lie. Like if somebody's living an unhealthy lifestyle and you're their friend, maybe you you can mention that to them. Uh, You can talk to them. You can, um, yeah. If somebody is fat and they are like, "Oh, I think I need to lose weight," and you agree or you say, "Yeah, I can help you," like all this other stuff, Uh, but it's the not beating them over the head every time you see them, not feeling compelled to just come out and say, well, you're fat, you know, like like that type of stuff. There's a difference between being helpful and being rude. Like there's like, those are yes. the two things that you have to look at.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, you're muted Libby. I
1: don't know how to, Oh, you're back. You're back. Okay. Uh, I think <laughs> you have to consider too, um, what you would want how you would want someone that you loved to talk to you if you were in that situation and then you have to make your judgment from there i think that's important but it's true too like the um it's true too that the uh um in the gospels it talks about how um the pharisees and everybody are always out there being hypocritical like we see that pretty fully and clearly so I don't think it's a surprise that you would see someone who is um outwardly appears to be very devout actually being super judgy and and bitchy about everything. I, I my mom is an atheist and uh I am not an atheist. Um and her view is that uh she doesn't believe in God essentially because the church is corrupt. It's like, "Oh, okay." I can Shocking, shocking. <laughs> oh, Organizations no. of mankind are, are rife with corruption. I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, and I'm always like, mom, you know, God has very little to do with the church. It's the church yeah. that appeals to God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, God has to do with our hearts and our souls.
2: Yeah. And I think we talked about this when you were on my channel too. Like for me, I consider myself a Catholic, but I hate the Catholic church. Like I hate the sure. hierarchy of the church. So I guess in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm Catholic because I grew up Catholic and that's the type of a church I like to attend. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm probably more just non-denominational because I just believe in Christ, you know, and, and I have my own belief system in terms of that. But yeah, so what you're saying, like, yeah, the church has nothing to do with, religion essentially or it's just what's pushing their religion you know and it's usually their interpretation of it but what i don't like yeah i don't like the church because like i don't like a lot of set churches because it's just basically on like the catholic church is basically on the whims of the new pope but who's the new pope you know and we currently have a communist pope so what do we do
1: Well, and also you can you know you can you can find god if you if you if you pray for guidance and you pray for faith like I do believe that god will will find you there yeah I do too
0: Libby, I know you have to go soon uh, I really appreciate you joining us and letting me think talk think through some of these things with you
1: <laughs> that's how we know things right Yes, that's how we know things who there was some some English poet maybe who was Irish said uh how do i know what i'm thinking unless i write it down maybe it was paul simon i don't know <laughs> <Somebody>. <laughs> cool. well tell
0: people anybody who wants to find you online where can they find you i know pirates dropping it in the chat also
1: that's me i'm at libby emmons on twitter um i'm libby dot emmons on instagram i just started a, a public instagram that doesn't have all pictures of my son um which the other one does, and I'm at thepostmillennial.com every day. You can find out what we're doing there. We're tracking news in the U.S. and Canada. Cool. Thanks, well, guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Have that a nice rest awesome. of your day. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks. Well, Bye. Take care. Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: Sarah, I wonder if we could just finish up with some fun memes. Is that okay? Yeah, let's just do have, it. If we just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> and after after this show yes let's just have some fun
0: <laughs> yeah because i was like what are you talking about it really is when you're in the uh, i sometimes i do this on shows when i'm trying to figure out how to how to articulate something that i'm thinking like let said i have to write it out or i have to talk with people and so uh, I've heard sometimes in the chat of people like, ah, that's not really well put together. And it's like, yeah, because I'm currently thinking about it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's what there it looks like. A lot of times,
2: uh, yeah, almost like a lot of interviews um, go like that. It's like, yeah, when you start talking, sometimes you start throwing hypotheticals around. And like, as you're actually like thinking about it and you're trying to conform, formulate your opinion while you're actually on stream, so they kind of, it, it doesn't come off as very coherent, you know? It's like, yeah. Where is this going? Like what are you trying to trying to think? So, I completely get that. Actually, I think me and Libby had a very similar like formulating of where we were going. Like we're formulating opinions on stuff that we really hadn't thought about before the stream. So we're like, what are we talking about when she was on my channel? Um Nice. And, and so it's always fun. It's, I mean, that's what that's the joy of coming on the internet every day. I know people that come, that'll do like a show and just like jump on and be like, okay, guys, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So let's just uh, yeah, throw some stuff in the chat and we're just going to like go from there.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this? Like the, the
2: chat, the chat is their, uh, their therapist, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think Pirate has some memes cued. Let's start with this one. I basically, because I was so busy this week, I just wanted to collect. I said, if you have memes, put them in this thread so I can laugh at them later. And so it started with this one of Elon Musk looking through the Twitter bird. And then let's see what Uh. some of the ones. (laughs) 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 The screaming lady has now become so ubiquitous. It's uh, almost all the Twitter memes I saw have the screaming lady in them.
2: And I actually, so the intro, the intro to my latest video is great because I took a lot of leftist screaming. Like I had, like the whole intro was like the leftist screaming, and <laughs> this person obviously the video of it made made this made the video. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh,
0: this is one that says people who think men can be pregnant are suddenly concerned about misinformation on Twitter. If Elon owns it, yes. Uh. This one didn't make me laugh when I saw it. What is that? Is it the Tesla? That's the
2: Tesla. It's oh. the Tesla symbol, but. It's clever. But, yeah. Hey, wait, the hair. Go back up. The hair on, is that the Elon Musk hair?
0: Oh, uh, okay. That's pretty. <laughs> that's a pretty nice detail. Yeah. Yeah. On a scale of one to 10, I give this one a three. <laughs> okay. Now this one, I laughed so hard when I first saw it. The yelling lady on a tweet.
2: Uh,
0: Again, that lady just kills me. I don't know. (gasps) I gave this one like a six.
2: If Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter, he could have... Oh yeah, I talked about that too.
0: (laughs) If Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter, he could have literally given everyone a trillion dollars. Why do they
2: think this? That this is some... You know, I, I, I have a hard time understanding. Well, that's I made the point in my video. I said, um, obvi- we've had the obvious reactions about this, saying, you know, Elon Musk could, uh, if Elon Musk bought Twitter for forty-four billion dollars, he could have solved world hunger with that. And I'm like, well, our government just sent spent a trillion on military aid to Ukraine, um, and we're thirty trillion dollars in debt. So why haven't we uh done anything with world hunger
0: yeah what's our budget per year is it 7 it's trillion like one... or something yeah, yeah
2: it's it's insane how much they spend
0: so why don't they just cure world hunger then
2: <laughs> exactly well and, and actually they're, if you really think about it they're spending that trillion dollars on stuff that's not going to end world hunger in fact it's going to make world hunger worse like Perpetual war makes world hunger worse because it just creates more third world countries. Yeah,
0: um, some people don't like this one. This is uh, so we'll scroll past. But it was a pretty funny uh, Elon Musk looking very statuesque <laughs> naked on a bird. Uh, I get one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Lion King one with Elon Musk holding up a a baby a, ba- a baby tweet and all the screaming ladies the baboons. <laughs> Classic, the chorus of the Rees. Have you seen most of these already, Sarah?
2: I have not. I I, have, I need to go in there and look at some of these. Let me see. Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen
0: that. That's not related. Yeah, keep going. Some people, <laughs> some people just posted unrelated memes. I'm like, no, I want the Twitter Elon memes.
2: <laughs> Here, let me see.
0: And then there are two that I sent you that are just probably my favorite ones. This one, oh, thank you, sir. I
2: love that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is making fun of the the picture that just came out this week of a uh, uh, is it Justin Trudeau sitting yeah. on a swing with his wife and they're both with wearing his wife. masks. Oh, in a padded and that room. is
2: just glorious like uh <laughs> Well, it was the comment that though that he left with it too. I think there was something to behold, but I like this. This is this is good.
0: This, this just yeah, the screaming lady, and then this one. So we've got uh, it's that meme of the person walking all the way across an empty room of urinals to stand right next to another person, yeah. and then it's the screaming lady saying, "Hey, I'm deactivating my Twitter account." My
2: Twitter account.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best ones.
2: Oh, that's uh, great.
0: Thank you, Pirate. I don't think we can hear the. You want to try, Plaid? Can... I can hear it. Okay, yeah, let's try it.
2: So it's...
3: Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs>
2: oh, that's... that one's good too. I dropped a video to my. I, I dropped a link to my video in the in, in there, so you can actually see how I how I open my video up. It's it, it's funny because it's it's kind of like that though.
0: <laughs> the screaming just kills me. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll go out on this. Let's put up the intro to your your video, Pirate. If you can pull that up, it's in the private chat. Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear it. Oh yeah, we can't hear. Oh my gosh! I saw the screaming people. Okay, he's he's gonna fix it. He's gonna try okay. to fix it. uh If we can't pull it up, we'll drop that. Wait, he's got it.
3: Terrified. Can this year get any what? 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 <laughs> it's horrifying
2: that's pretty much i had to add taylor lorenz in there (laughs) they have so much rage and yeah it's just I, i basically said yeah that's that's pretty much the collective left's uh reaction to elon musk by twitter <laughs> have you ever seen the horror movie the babadook i have not i'm not a big okay. horror fan though
0: uh, this is an excellent one i forget what country it's out of maybe australia or new zealand Um uh, somebody in chat probably knows anyway this one came out a few years ago it's really well done it's not like a gotcha film it's it's just it's very scary with the way they film it in terms of the angles and the lighting and just the mood it's just a creepy film and there's this one part where the mom is like terrified of her son, and he's in the back seat, just screeching, and it makes these all these clips. Whenever I see these, it makes me think of that kid <laughs> in the back, like ah, you know, because they can't control it. That's, ah.
2: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that's that's the reaction. That's that is like the way I think of when I see them post on on Twitter, like all this screeching and stuff you know it's like yes that is that is what they are doing but in word format (laughs)
0: they're like people possessed um so okay sarah we're gonna wrap up now i've got some more packing to do before friday night tights (laughs) if you guys are around tonight though i am gonna do friday night tights it'll be the last video i do in this old house um and so that's on nerd erotic channel hope to see you guys there sarah can you tell people where they can find you online
2: Yes, um probably the easiest thing to do is just go to my website, Sarah Um, or Twitter and Instagram is Sarah Higdon with an underscore after it. And then it's youtube.com slash Sarah Higdon, rumble.com slash Sarah Um yeah, and that's those are probably my, my biggest ones. But you can see a lot of my other work even on my on my website. So there's links to other stuff that I've done. So mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much for being on. Oh, there we go. Pirate put it up on the screen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, you asked again. I love. I love coming on. So anytime. So thanks for having me. I.
0: I wanted to just hang out and have like a relaxing. We were. Uh, i almost just tell you as a friend. We were moving all day yesterday until like. What I don't think we went to bed until one a.m. and then this morning got up at 6am to unload the U-Haul that we hadn't finished last night. And then just, uh, just a crazy mad dash of getting back over to this place. And so there's still some remaining, like, I have to pack up this room tonight. And um, it's just, it's one of those times where I wish that I had hired movers.
3: <laughs> like I always tell people I've moved
2: seven times in seven years, but I never had to do it <laughs> myself because the, the I was in the army and they paid for it so I never had to actually move myself. Yeah, um, the people come so yeah. But this has been a big, this has been a long process for you so I'm I'm excited for you. So glad that you uh you guys are finally getting this done because you were still you this was like you were doing this back when I was there in November so
0: Yeah, we've been in between houses for almost a year because we were yeah. trying to be like we, we can only afford things um you know as we could afford things we're doing more renovations. And so the new old house is what we call that. It it, um, it now, the the foundation has been fixed. We do have AC. Woohoo! That's new since you were here. Um, yeah. But there's no shower yet and there's no kitchen. There's a half bath under the stairs. Uh, so there's a toilet and a sink, but that's it. So we're going to be become frequent members at the sh- the shower and the gym and just be roughing yeah. it like 1800s house for a while. But, uh, okay. you but, know- yeah, but But at least we'll be in one place now.
2: You could all. I mean, if you didn't want to go to the gym every time, though, you can get. Um, they're called solar showers. It's what you take when you're backpacking stuff like that. We used to use them in the army too. But they basically a giant bag, like a uh, a big bag that you fill with water and you hang it on a tree and like let the sun heat it up, and then you can just take the shower. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I want to look into this. <laughs> I'm look into it. I, ha- I actually have one. Like I said, it's in my backpacking bag. Yeah, it's they're pretty Put cool. Right on. Um, but yeah, so when you guys get when you guys are ready, I'm gonna have to come, I'm gonna come visit sometime. Yeah. soon.
0: <laughs> we're gonna have the best. I mean, look, it's taken us a year to get this far, so give me another year. Uh, yeah, are yeah. <laughs> more than welcome before then. Um, but give me a year to get the the rooms looking really nice. You can still come to 1800 House. You just uh, you may not have plaster on the walls or anything for a
2: while. But uh. anyway. I was, I, I, I've lived in the, I've lived in the, uh, I've lived in the woods, you know, so. you've roughed it. Yeah. Yeah. You've I was again, it. army I, months at a time out in the field was, was, uh, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank yeah, you to my yeah.
0: husband for being so patient during this move and helping me with stuff. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today and go find Sarah. We've got the links in the chat and uh I'll see you guys later if you show up to Friday Night Tights. Hi. Right. Cool. Oh now here's the awkward part while I still have to pull up the video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Sarah. <laughs>